Hello, everybody. Mackenzie here coming at you with the next installment in our episode by episode breakdown review mini series of the new hit musical comedy show, Schmigadoon. Uh, so in each episode, either myself or Autumn and I will be breaking down the events of the episode. We'll be discussing the songs, the new characters who get featured in the episode. And we'll also be pointing out the fun Golden Age musical Easter eggs that this show has pulled heavily from. So you can most certainly listen in for all that good stuff. So without further ado, let's get into episode three. So this episode begins with a flashback to Melissa and Josh attending a friend's wedding uh, with Melissa acting as one of the bridesmaids. During the bride's toast, the bride describes and tells the story of her grandparents uh, and how they had the feeling of true love. And so on a walk one day, they decided to walk straight down to the courthouse and tie the knot. And they coined the phrase, the Frumpson feeling. And this is an important plant for later. After the bride's toast is done, uh, the bridesmaids then do an awkward line dance. And during the dance, the DJ invites all the partners of the bridesmaids up onto the dance floor to join in. And Josh, not being a fan of line dancing, at weddings, refuses to join Melissa, leaving her to be the only one uh, whose partner did not join in. And this very much upsets Melissa. On the drive home, they bicker with each other, but ultimately they make amends. Then we cut back to present day in Schmigadoon, and Melissa wakes up to find Danny is making her breakfast after their night of passion, doing the devil's tango. Uh, Melissa, though, uh, tells him that this is just a one night stand and leaves. But as she leaves or attempts to leave, Danny then begins to soliloquize uh, his this moment in his life and about how he's going to handle having future offspring. And that's where we get the song You Done Tamed Me. So that was great. And then Melissa leaves with some bacon from breakfast to go out and find Josh. Meanwhile, Josh in town uh, is hiding because Last night, after having a shotgun pointed at him by Fireman McDonough, it turns out Josh did end up proposing to, to Betsy, and they're now engaged. And Melissa finds this out and is very upset. So as they argue about this, they realize that the innkeeper is removing all their belongings from the inn. And when they confront him about this, it turns out that it was Mildred who, who, who got all this in action. And she tells them so when she shows up at the inn to ensure they don't get back into their rooms. And she explains that she, as well as her organization, the Mothers Against the Future, feel that Josh and Melissa should be banned from all establishments in town because, first of all, for prejudice against them, but then also because this organization feels they are a corrupting influence on the townsfolk. So Josh and Melissa are now, for a better word, homeless. So Melissa and Josh devise a plan where Melissa is going to go and seek help from the mayor and Josh has to go end things with Betsy. So Josh tries to end things with Betsy until she inquires whether or not this relationship is true love. And when she says that, Josh realizes that, oh, she may be my ticket out. So he takes her over to the stone bridge and, and is going to try and get out of Schmigadoon. At the bridge, Josh explains about how his family uh, has this thing called the Skinner feeling, which is where if they don't feel it's true love walking across a bridge with their partner, then it's not meant to be. So Betsy thinking that this is true love, she's more than willing to cross the bridge with them. Obviously, Josh is doing this so he can try and get out of Schmigadoon. So ultimately, this doesn't work. And Josh breaks up with Betsy on the bridge. 
And she runs off in hysterical tears to go tell her papa. But as she wa- as, uh, as she runs away, Josh that has the light bulb go off and goes, well, if she'll cross the bridge, maybe there's other women in town who will. And so he decides to go and rally all the bachelorettes of the town together. So he hopes he can find one of them who can help him cross the bridge and get it. Meanwhile, we cut back over to Melissa and Melissa is in the mayor's home and she finds out the mayor's off on one of his long walks. And so she then turns and asks for help from the mayor's wife, Florence. And the mayor's wife explains that they don't across the mothers against the future. Uh, and then uh, Florence also talks about her marriage. And during their conversation, Florence has the song, He's a Queer One, That Man, Oh Mine. Uh, and that's where she expresses her frustration about her marriage and implies she's aware of her husband's sexual orientation. At the very end of the song, Carson Tate bursts in with his lisping announcement saying that Betsy and Josh have called off the wedding. And Melissa takes this as a sign that, oh, Josh is ready to commit to our relationship. At the bridge, however, Josh and uh, Schmigadoon's bachelorettes have now had a whole dance number and song all about crossing the bridge. And we see this montage of Josh trying to escape from Schmigadoon with every eligible bachelorette in Schmigadoon, including a very elderly one. And ultimately, this doesn't work. And just as he thinks he's, he's got to give up because there's nobody else in town who, he, who can help him. He sees somebody else in the crowd, and sure enough, it's Melissa who's now made her way up to the front, very frustrated and upset with Josh. And so she tells him that now they're in it for themselves, screw him, and she storms off, angry and upset. As Josh stands at the bridge, perplexed, and trying to figure out what his next step is, Farmer McDonough shows up with a shotgun and starts shooting at Josh, and Josh runs off into town to hide. And so Josh ultimately ends up hiding at the local church and is given sanctuary by Reverend Layton. And while he's hiding, Josh and the Reverend discuss the concept of true love. And the Reverend explains to Josh that true love isn't something instant. It takes time and it takes hard work to establish and build that rapport with someone. However, then their discussion is interrupted by Emma Tate, Schmigadoon's schoolmarm, who has stopped by to donate clothing to the church before she has to go to work the next day. And Josh realizing that Emma wasn't at the, at the stone bridge today, decides, oh, she must be the one who's going to get me out of here. So ignoring everything that the Reverend just said, Josh decides he's off to go and, and woo Emma Tate. Meanwhile, Melissa's now wandering the streets upset, and she sings her reprise of Enjoy the Ride, reprise. And she ultimately ends up taking the job that Florence, the mayor's wife, suggested, which is as a resident nurse with the local doctor, Doc Lopez. So she goes up to the door, knocks on the door, and sure enough, out pops Doc Lopez, and she is immediately smitten with him. And that's where we end the episode. So we had one main new character who was featured this week. The Reverend did have a highlighted role. However, I think he'll have a bigger role going forward. So we're going to save him and hold off to maybe as a solo or a song or has a bit of a bigger part than just the end of the episode. But the main person who gets a shout out this week is Florence Menlove, played by Anne Harada. And so this type of role is you could be seen as very much a throwaway part. She's the docile, doting wife of the, of, of the local town mayor. And very much at the beginning, you would think that's the case with the way that Anne is playing her, smiling, holding her husband, it kind of giving some exposition, but in a very sweet kind of, 
oh yes like very simple voice so you think oh she's not gonna have much depth but surprisingly this episode shows that she does have great depth and has genuine emotions about stuff so at first you would think oh she's just a simple politician's wife who's going to say the right things at the right time to ensure her husband stays in power but ultimately she's very much aware of the inner dynamics of this town and knows who to cross who not to cross and is very much kind of hypersensitive to to things like that so she's very much aware of oh i shouldn't cross mildred because she can make problems for me down the road or or she or she knows oh carson is my kind of messenger boy so he can come and go as he pleases because he'll tell me important stuff and also i guess in the way she talks she talks in a very formal and politically politically correct way in the sense of she knows what to say and how to say it to the public or, or how to say it to a voter she's very good at hammering these points to home and she and Anne has done a great job of differentiating her voice slightly when she's doing different things and different tactics. So it's a nice subtle performance and her song really lets her have a beautiful, genuine moment uh, on screen. So hopefully we get more of her um, in upcoming episodes because she was wonderful this episode and we really should see more of her. All right, let's get into the song choices. So the first song we have was To the Right, To the Left. And this is done at the opening wedding flashback sequence. And this is a very much a generic um, wedding parody. So I'm kind of a knockoff of the cha-cha slide that it does done at every wedding. Uh, and it's cringy. It's embarrassing. Melissa looks uncomfortable and she's doing the dance. And Josh, you can see why he would avoid this type of dance in this type of song altogether. So while it's not great that Josh abandons Melissa up on that stage, it does make sense in a way. Then we have You Done Tamed Me. You done tamed me. This book no longer is free. A lady doctor from New York City smiled at me with her eyes all pretty. Now I'm hooked and it's made me giddy. You done tamed me. So this song is a direct pull and reworking of the iconic carousel song soliloquy in which Billy Bigelow ponders his choices as a father-to-be. I mean, we even get it down to, but wait, if it's a boy, it's this, but wait, if it's a girl, lots of, that could be a problem for me. Like, you get that whole literal musicalization. This musically is almost beat for beat what soliloquy is in Carousel. And they've done a really good job reimagining it. Um... And, it, and what's wonderful is the way they've reimagined it is they've given Melissa a good chance to kind of get some modern digs in there. Like the fact that she goes, I can't get pregnant. I have an IUD in me. So, yeah, not going to happen. And the fact that he doesn't get what she's saying, but yet she's very much kind of like, yeah, we don't have to worry about this type of thing. We will back it in this time period of the turn of the century of the, uh, 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 the turn of the 20th century. Um having a one night stand would most likely re re result in, in, in a child. So for him, this is a very real moment, but for her, she's like, yeah, no, not going to happen. So it's great. That dynamic deal. Once again, it's that tongue in cheek way of lovingly commentating on these classic golden age shows. Well, not making fun of them, but just 
giving a slight dig to them. So very smart. Well done there. And I also like how at the end of this moment, you have Melissa leaving, but yet as she's walking away from inside, you can still hear faintly in the background that Josh is still singing his heart out. So it's once again setting up this world that anybody could be in their own home having their own big song and you wouldn't know about it. It's this great kind of everybody's in their own musical. It's such a great subtle touch. I loved it. Okay, next song. So the next song is He's a Queer One, That Man Oh Mine. Sometimes it may seem like he is too good to be true. Like there's a man that I can't see just aching to break through. I wish I could free him so I could finally see him the way he truly is and let him shine. sung by Florence. And this song has several pulls from other Golden Age numbers. First of all, the title is clearly a reference to the carousel song, You Are a Queer One, Julie Jordan, as well as the as well as the showboat song, Can't Help Loving That Man, Oh Mine. So there's, there's a double pull here. And with the carousel song, it's a song that very much is doing the same thing as with the songs, which is in carousel, your queer with Julie Jordan is Julie's friend, Carrie Pipperidge, explaining how Julie is different and not like all the other young women in this community. And here you have Florence making similar observations that her husband is different from the other men in town because he's more gentle and more in touch with his emotions than say the stereotypical men of this community. So that's a really nice touch there. Uh, then you have uh, the song is then clearly an obvious reference. It makes clear references in the images such as the statues which very much had a, like the bird cage, the casual foe with the with the homoerotic statues, uh, and and this is very much a reference to men loves closet homosexuality. The song also is a nod to other Golden Age Roger Hammerstein songs, uh, where where the characters, the female characters in particular, explain away some of their male partners' bad habits or behaviors, and say that deep down he loves me. And so with that, you have the songs like. What's the use of wondering from Carousel and something wonderful from The King and I. And that yet the reason why this song works, and particularly the way they've reworked it for a modern audience with the modern, well, once again, the tongue-in-cheekness is that we all know that uh, Mayor Menlove is gay and the fact that his wife is picking up on these hints but isn't fully grasping, I mean, it's pretty obvious, particularly from the decor, what's going on with him, but it She's just not picking up on us. There's that funny of we're in on the joke and she isn't. But it's not in a mean way of knowing being in on the joke. It's kind of like sadness mixed with a little bit of, oh, she doesn't know, but we do. Like, what's the other shoe going to drop for her? And Florence is playing the song very genuinely and does a great job of genuinely showing that she loves her husband. And she says, like, I wish he would show me who he is deep down because I would love him for that. Like, he's a wonderful man. He's not like the other men in town. He's not gross. He's not mean. He's not nasty. He's lovely, but he just needs to be a little more assertive in the bedroom. And I love him. And so it's a great, beautiful moment. And even Melissa kind of starts off the one way where she's 
commenting on the fact that this is very much like her in high school where I guess she had relationships with um, high schoolers who, who, who were still not out yet. And so she was very much convincing herself of this type of thing. But yet by the end, Melissa realizes, oh, there is some true love here. That's a great song. I loved it. It was wonderful. And it really is the sincerity that pulls the song off. Then, of course, we have Cross That Bridge, the big community production number. And this is very much the uproarious hand, clap, hand, hand clapping gospel influence song. That's a clear pull from the guys and dolls. Big 11 o'clock number, sit down, you're rocking the boat, which in both cases have the times people getting swept up in this one person's concept or idea. So you have this all going on. And then it's a clever way to have Josh do something terrible, which is he's trying to get a shooting without Melissa. But yet at the same time, you get swept up in this song and, you're, and you kind of get distracted from the fact of what he's really doing. So it's a nice, subtle way of making Josh a bit of a bad guy, but not fully making him a complete and total bad guy, which is a tough line to walk. And it's a really smart way of doing it. And Keegan-Michael Key does great facial expressions. It's very funny uh, watching him do his facial expressions as each time he gets across doesn't work and he's overacting like, ah, oh, darn. Wish we could have been together. Can't. Oh, sorry. Next. Like, he's doing a really good job of that. Also, this song gets gets a clever Easter egg in uh, to the song Brotherhood of, of Man from How Did You Succeed in Business Without Really Trying by specifically pulling from the melody uh, where the ladies sing Sister, Get That Mister in, in, in the mid part of the song. So overall, it's a great, great number that does a lot of difficult line walking and it does it really well. So well done. Then, of course, we end the episode with a reprise of Enjoy That Ride. So here I am, back on my own, wandering the streets of town alone. Things with Josh have gone from bad to worse. And once again, this is another great milestone in Melissa's journey in this town where you, you can see now she not only is, she started off with just singing a few lines, then she was able to get her own song. And now she's even getting her own reprises that are fleshing her inner emotions. Uh, so it's a really a well-done evolution that shows Melissa really is getting integrated and involved in this town. I mean, on one hand, it's almost like they're setting up that they're not going to leave. Schmigadoon, and that Melissa may end up staying somehow, some way, and change the town for the better. Who knows? But clearly they're setting up that Melissa is getting more acclimated to this environment, which is a great way of furthering that relationship with Schmigadoon and Melissa. So it's a really well done next installment in, 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 in that plot line. So well done on that. All right, final thoughts. So at first, it didn't feel like much happened in this episode. In, but yet in 20 minutes or so, we wrapped up the plot threads from the first two episodes. 
Then we got a further breakdown of Josh and Melissa's relationship. We explored the men love marriage. And then we set up the storylines for the next few episodes. So a lot actually happened in this episode when you rewatch it and you go, oh, wow. Like they actually covered a lot of ground here. Didn't feel like it, which is a good thing. It felt natural, which is really nice. And I have to say my favorite number is the comedic yet loving number. He's a queer one, that man o' mine, for the sincerity that it brings to that to that moment. And I have to say, this was another great, great installment. I'm loving this series, if you can't tell. And please let us know what you think in the comments down below. Uh, we would love to hear. And if you're on our podcast, you please give us a rating and a review. And thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you all next week in episode four when Josh and Melissa sit up on new partnerships. So stay tuned to find out what happens there. Thanks, everybody. Oh, and don't forget to uh, like, share, and subscribe on our social media platforms. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you do that and follow all my antics at Cup of Hemlock Theater, where we're posting musical reviews, play reviews, interviews with artists, a lot of great stuff there. Even Autumn did an interview with us too, so you can check that out. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. We'll see you all next week. Okay, bye.